0: I'm Rick Durfee. I'm the senior attorney of Durfee Law Group and I'm here with my friend and associate Andy Daniels and we're going to talk about some interesting things. We've we've now worked together quite a bit. Andy, you have brought a number of your clients to us here at Durfee Law Group to do sometimes some pretty simple planning but in other instances some pretty sophisticated and complicated things. So why have you done that?
1: Well Rick, thank you very much for having me here. Uh, This is actually the first time we've got to meet in
0: person so it's great to come out here and
1: meet you. Um, I originally kind of found your law group uh, online. You guys have done a great job, a lot of resources on your website. Um, there's just a ton of content. I watched your videos. I read your documents. And articles I remember when you called
0: up. it. felt like you were like a groupie
1: when you yeah. called it. <laughs> well, I watched all your videos. I like, uh, yeah, oh, I mean, so? yeah. well, <laughs> and you know, the thing is, you had spoke the language that I was looking for. And I had had some personal experiences uh, with family members that estate planning that should have gone well didn't. And I've seen some clients where there was no estate planning and they called me to clean it up uh, and all kinds of situations. So it was very much so on my mind for many months. I've got to find someone who understands my style. I, I want to I want to mitigate risk everywhere that I can. I want to think about all the areas that people don't normally think about. And I want to make sure that when I tell my clients there's a game plan in place, I want it to come with like the weight of this has been well thought out. And so I, I was immediately able to intuit that you guys do that very well. You're very thorough. Um, and then, you know, obviously I reached out and we had a conversation. And I think we just, we matched on so many levels with our beliefs and our values and our priorities, especially when it comes to helping out our, you know, respective clients. And so my initial search was really for myself. I, I, wanted, to, uh, I wanted to, you know, create a wall of protection that if I was going to build something for myself and my family that... It wasn't going to be, you know, unnecessarily taken out by the unexpected. And that's part of what I do with with the advising that I do. I want to make sure that the unexpected doesn't come in and wipe somebody out. So everything that you've put out there, that spoke to me. And so that's why I originally went with you guys and why I wanted to reach out and establish that connection going forward, our, our clients that, that I've been able to bring to you, they're, they're very pleased with their plans. and I'm very confident now having been part of your process with your team, amazing team members, every single one of them, the detailedness, the thoroughness, uh, it's everything that I would have expected and more uh, from what you were representing yourself to be online. And so I just love the fact that we've been able to do this work together and make sure that our clients respectively are set up in a way that they have confidence knowing that not just one, but two professionals now are thinking through their situations from different angles. Uh, And it seems to be, it's, it's going really well. So I recommend you to my clients when I hear things, well, first off, when our financial plans, when they work out the way they're supposed to, and they always do, they get to a point where I say, look, you're making some money, you've got some saved up, you need to go talk to Rick now. And I know it feels like you don't have a lot, it feels like you don't have enough, but we are doing the forecasting, we know where your plan is headed. And I tell my clients, it's time for you to talk to Rick. That's that's I have a set
0: point in my process where I know, hey guys, it's time for you to talk to Rick. You know, a couple of observations looking over the shoulder of the client, uh, kind of reviewing their financial plan from the legal perspective as we're thinking about the estate plan. Uh, I, I can say with confidence that your your clients are well served. You're doing a good job for them. We see that the trend is always in the right direction, and and they always you, you do. on timing they come to us at when the point of need is is at its high peak which is good i also have to give credit to my staff we have really really awesome members of our team here which we're very pleased with they do a fantastic job and if it's ever not that way uh, it's usually my fault so not not, not theirs uh so that's really great Uh, thank you for saying that
1: yeah thank you well and so i mean just you know when i think what if i was sharing this video with my clients i would ask you what are what are the things that you've seen commonly that might prevent someone from starting to have a conversation with you uh what are the things that prevent them from moving forward with an estate plan maybe like they don't know they need it yet or they don't think they need it yet what are those things that if you could speak to them like hey this is time this is how you know
0: you know the reasons why people don't do things is kind of uh it fluctuates Uh, right now the economy is a little on the tight side and so sometimes there's just economic reasons. They know they need it, they want to do it, but wow, cash is tight and if I have to choose between paying the lawyer for some, for some planning or, or buying groceries, yeah, buy the groceries. Uh, so there, so there is a little bit of uh, the economics into it. Sometimes pricing is an issue. Oh, I'm afraid it's gonna cost me a lot of money. And, uh, and estate planning is cheap and it's not free. But in the end, people who do estate planning save money. They don't, uh, they don't lose money. It's kind of like, I don't know, eating healthy. Uh, wait, if I eat healthy foods, uh, that's going to cost more money because those are more expensive. Well, yeah, but you're going to be healthier and you'll live longer and you'll live better. So that is an expense that might be worth it. A similar kind of thing happens with uh, planning. The other thing is that I see a lot is people don't know that they need it or they don't know what they can do. Sometimes people have these anxieties of, oh, I want to do something, and I, I don't think I can, I don't know how, and that's where having the guidance of somebody that's done thousands of plants can come in handy, because it's pretty hard to come up with a situation we haven't seen before, Right. and when people say, well, I, I have this unique situation in my family, there's this relationship, or there's this funky asset or there's some quirky business arrangement. How can we address that? Well, we can And there's ways to do it. And uh, people that have tax concerns or family concerns, there's, there's things we can do. And we can function as a coach and a guide. Uh, another thing I see huge, that's a huge issue, uh, that uh, people don't want to uh, do estate planning because they feel like it's acknowledging their mortality, mm. uh, which is why years ago I wrote, I wrote an article co- called The Estate Planning Guide to Better Sex. And it had absolutely nothing to do with sex other than estate planning actually helps people live longer and better because the stress of not knowing what's gonna happen with their stuff, not knowing what's gonna do to their family is resolved. So it resolves a stress point. Mm. Uh, And it's really about living. And in, in our firm, as an example, we have a 500 year plan. Now I talk about a thousand year plan and when I said 500 year plan, my daughter, one of my daughters says, hey dad, I thought it was a 1,000 years. I said, yeah, I'm going to plan the first 500. You get to plan the second 500. But, but there's a reason why we do that. We're helping families uh, disrupt the wealth destruction cycle where wealth is inherited, the wealth is destroyed, and in the process of ruining the wealth, it ruins the people. Mm. And then they start over and do it again. It goes round around, round from you know three or four generation cycle. We want to disrupt that. We want to not allow the wealth to mess the people up, and we don't want the people to ruin the wealth. So... The effect of that means, uh, the people that do this kind of uh, long-term planning, uh, their families are gonna need legal services for a long time. So uh, we've kind of engineered our firm with the same kind of planning. Well, they're gonna need what we do, so we better have people in charge. And I would like for families to operate kind of on the same basis that we run the firm in this respect. We bring in young, young people, young professionals, Uh, paraprofessionals and and attorneys and we put them in positions of responsibility. We we put our trust in them. We give them training and resources and tools and give them the opportunity to acquire experience. Mm. Something I see in a lot of families, especially when they're ruled by a very strong parent, (laughs) whether it's the father or the mother or both parents, it doesn't matter. Sometimes that strong parent has the attitude, well, you can't do it as good as me, so shut up and get out of my way and I'll just do this. And then the children become adults and even get hit retirement age and they've never made a significant financial decision in their life. Right. And that's bad. Mm-hmm. It, it has a negative consequence. So, Daddy Warbucks, you're in charge, we know <laughs> it, but you know, you got to cut loose a little bit here and give the next generation some, some significant responsibilities right. and, and let, even let them make some mistakes. Right. Some of the best things we can do is make some dumb financial moves when we're young enough that it's, that it's only a little. And there's time, and time to fix it. And time to fix it, yeah. <laughs> but I, I reminded him of it. Once I was in a meeting, uh, it was actually a party, and I was talking to a gentleman. He says, see that guy over there? He just lost $10 million in the real estate market, and he told me this catastrophic story about how he did it. Now, this was many years ago for me. The guy says, no, it's no big deal for you to lose $10 million because you've got time to recover. But he's in his 80s; his time to recover is gone. Yes. So you know, make some of those mistakes young. Uh, another thing, people think, well, I'm I'm not retiring. When do you do your estate plan? When you're going to retire? And the answer is no. For, for uh, it's like when that. when do I start eating well after I have my first heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when when should I start working out after? after I've, uh, you know, blown my knee out because I'm overweight or whatever, worry about my blood sugar after I have diabetes instead of preventing diabetes. I'm sorry for the medical examples, but uh, you know, early prevention, er, early intervention in our finances and our legal structures can save a lot of grief and save a lot of money down the road.
1: Is there a point that you would think,
0: like, is there a too
1: young age for yeah, it was 30 years old, two years old. Yes. No, no.
0: So actually, thank you. That's a great question. I like that question. When a person turns 18, just becoming an adult, and, and maybe they're upside down. You know, they bought a car mm. and the car is worth less than the loan on the car. So and they have no money in the bank and they're living hand to mouth. Do they need estate planning? And the answer is yeah. And in fact, mom and dad should give it to them for Christmas. Mm. Because here's what they need. There are certain basic fundamental estate planning documents, powers of attorney, medical powers of attorney, and even even a will that everybody should have. Right. And we just had a cluster of clients, unrelated, but they all did it at the same time. They all came and said, hey, our, we have these adult children, and they live in other places, and there's really no backup for them, and they're adults. We have no say in their life. Shouldn't there be a power of attorney? What if they have a car accident? What if, yeah. what if, what if, what if all these what-ifs? And so, yeah, we help mom and dad gives them these documents for Christmas or for the birthday or whatever. And, and so even at 18, when they have those, another example, classic example that we see a lot, young family, okay, a mom and a dad and a little, and a little child or two or three children, whatever. And, and they're upside down. They have student debt. Uh, they have a mortgage on their house and the real estate market's turned against them and they're upside down in the house. Uh, but they're trying to be proactive and positive and the breadwinner in the family, whether it's the mom or dad, doesn't matter, buys a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about it. They, they, they were concerned enough about what if the breadwinner dies? so they, they bought insurance to protect right. their That's family.
1: Legitimately good right. decision.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a, uh, uh, a grown-up thing that people that are taking... Uh, their family responsibilities seriously would would think of doing, would do. Well, what if that happens? What if it actually occurs? There's mm-hmm. going to be money. Mm-hmm. And, and Potentially lots of money. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a, potentially a large amount of yeah. money. And potentially, if mommy and daddy both go at the same time because they were at the same car mm-hmm. that had the horrific thing happen, first of all, it's not going to be pretty. That's going to be an ugly, ugly, horrible situation. Right. Uh, and a couple of things. Uh, the insurance companies will not cut a check to a minor child. Mm. They won't do it. Right. So, so that means we're going to court. We're spending an enormous sum of money. But who's going to court? If, if yeah. the mom and dad are gone,
1: then yeah. who goes to court? Yeah, who goes to
0: court? The family does. And by the way, when, when young families die, when parents of young children die, it's never expected. Mm. It's always catastrophic. Yeah. And the relatives will have a strong emotional attachment to those children And they think, I am uniquely and divinely appointed to raise that child. And it's amazing how the number of people who have that kind of, uh, I don't know, divine intervention in their lives goes up when there's money on the
1: table. Yeah, Oh, 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 I get the
0: children, and I get their money, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so having a simple estate plan designates who's going to get the minor children. It can also have appropriate things. A a trust, for example, to own the life insurance and own the life insurance proceeds. So that if the catastrophic event does occur, there's a mechanism to manage those resources so we don't have to go to court, we don't have to get a judge's permission. And let me add, by the way, when people don't do that and there is a conservatorship or a guardianship for the children, when they turn age 18, this is what happens. That 18 year old child has a conversation with the judge and it goes something like this. The judge says, so you're 18? Yeah. You want the money? Yeah. (laughs) And the judge says, okay, it's yours and they get it hmm. and the length of time that money lasts is measured in weeks oh no even months is right. an overstatement yeah yeah and there's always exceptions to that rule but what we've seen is more times than i can count those kids get that money and they buy a big truck and they go live for a while with their friends traveling around doing crazy stuff and as eighteen-year-olds are what to do? Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. what, wait, what? Eighteen-year-old to what? Free money? Right. What? I didn't have to work, earn this. Yeah. Uh, just say psychologically, by the way, spending money you didn't earn is is a poor vocation. <laughs> it, it does <laughs> yeah. a great damage to us psychologically, and spiritually, right. and yes. physically for that matter. So, having a plan in place mitigates
1: that. Absolutely. You know, it's and, and like this is this is reminiscent of our very first conversation. We just like hit home on so many great points that. You know, if you're watching this video, you know, if you don't have your plan, get a hold of us. You know, there's going to be contact information on whatever platform you're on. It'll, it'll be on it. You can find us. We both have websites. But really consider consider taking the steps necessary, because I think what I found is when you give yourself that structural floor, you um, you really give yourself a foundation that you can build on. So even if you are in those situations where it's like, okay, we're upside down in our house, we got into a car that we shouldn't have gotten into, let's give you a floor, and you can build on that floor going forward. But all it takes is one accident, one wrong phone call, one lawsuit, one thing that has nothing to do with you,
0: and the cost to defend it could wipe you out. Um. Yeah, so another thing I want to mention here, because with you here, the clients, the people that we see that are best served, have advisors that know each other and mm. can talk to each other and that can collaborate as a team. Uh, obviously for the client's best interest, but uh, each of them from their respective professions and skill sets are going to see different things. Yeah, You see things as a financial advisor, I don't see, we see things from the legal end that you don't see. And when both of those perspectives, and if you can throw in the accounting and the tax perspective as well, All of those perspectives together uh, best serve the client. And then there's that uh, advisory group to fall back on. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the reasons people don't proceed is because their advisors are disconnected. Yeah, When the lawyer and the CPA and the financial advisor don't know each other, and they've never talked to each other, they've never uh, had a phone call or shared an email or looked at each other's documents, one of them even inadvertently, we'll be doing something that is not good for the client.
1: Right, right. Well, that's why we always say, you'll hear it on every video, everything that I say, there's no adverse relationships. If somebody comes to me or comes to you and they, they want extra opinions, they want to bring their advisor, their CPA, their attorney, we all work for the client. And so as professionals, we should be able to work with anybody and, and for the benefit of that client. And I think there would be a lot of people better served. You don't have to be a multimillionaire. If you're a hundred thousandaire, and you think you don't need a team yet, check your thinking because a team could really serve you into those higher levels of income and wealth.
0: So so I don't know, are you are you old enough that you remember Gilligan's Island? Yes. Okay. <laughs> remember I, when I wasn't around for the original, I was around for the reruns. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, remember when when being a millionaire meant you could live in luxury? Yes. And, yeah. you, and you didn't have to have a job. Yes. Today being a millionaire, what does that mean? Well it means wait, I have a house with some equity mm-hmm. and I have a retirement account and have a little bit of life insurance and a car,
1: and there's a ninety percent chance it'll last until I die. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and if I and if I lose my job, if I have a medical event, it's all gone in ninety right, days. Right, uh, So uh, being a millionaire used to be a big deal. Uh, it, it's not. It's not what it used to be. Yeah, that is very and just true. Thinking about that, in fact, when I watched Gilligan's Island as a kid, I lived in my parents' house. I recently tracked this. The house that I lived in. In the 60s, let me just say that. I don't want to get too much away from my age. But the house I lived in in the 60s is now, the the price of that house is 20 times oh my gosh. what it was in the 60s. Yeah. 20 times. So one, if, the, if the, the same thing is true with money, and maybe this is a bad metaphor, but if, if that house, if the price of that house went up 20 times, a million dollars in the 60s would be the equivalent of $20 million today. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I don't think that's far off. I yeah, think you're pretty spot on Yeah, but... so
0: uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to discount anybody. Maybe when you think, yeah, ching, I'm finally a millionaire. Wait, I have the job, and if I don't go to it, I lose all my money and, <laughs> in a hurry. Uh, but yeah, people need to do stuff. They need to take care of their families. And
1: we can bring that, kind of close that loop, I think, really, We can talk about the money. We can talk about, you know, having a legal impenetrable fortress. We can talk about being armed to the hilt with life insurance and the proper financial instruments. But I think really what it comes down to is that quality of life where whatever you're doing in your career, whatever you've been doing to save money, you've, you've been putting things away, you've been making decisions in your life that other people haven't been making. And you want a quality of life that says, I know that I'm going to be taking care of my family. The people I care about aren't going to become, aren't going to be put under undue stress because of my decisions or indecisions. And I think that's really why we complement each other so well, because I can do what I do all day. But at the end of the day, what really makes me the, the happiest is when I have a client who spent 30 years at one company and he's retiring and he gets to, he gets to go on his dream vacation. And, you know, he knows that he's set up. And this is one particular client I'm thinking of that we've both worked with. Mm-hmm. And I think he's walking into his golden years with like complete confidence and satisfaction. And he just knows he's gonna be able to
0: enjoy it for as long as he's able to enjoy it. You know, I, I, you triggered another thought that I wanna share uh, and it's one of the reasons why I like working with you, Andy. Uh, uh, something I've observed with you that you do as a financial advisor that others do not. When a client has investments that are, in fact, good investments, but that don't make you any money, you're willing to tell the client, that's good, keep that. As opposed to, I've seen financial advisors that go, "Oh, sell all that stuff and bring all the money over here and I'll manage it for you. And you do manage money, which is awesome, but you're also willing to tell clients, honestly, you know what, that that thing you're doing right there, that's, that's good, go ahead and keep that. In a similar vein today, candidly, with somebody that we're working with, has a trust that's not our trust and it would have been easy for me to shoot it down and say oh well it's not mine therefore it must be bad and what's needed is like a two sentence change right and we can keep the trust and make that two sentence change to update it based on the client's wishes without having to completely overhaul the entire estate plan so which brings me to one of the ways you know you've got a good advisory team is if you're not being hustled Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So if they can afford to tell you, dude, yeah, you don't need to spend money on me, keep that thing that you guys working just fine, that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, I just,
1: there's, there's plenty to go around, and I think my favorite part about working with you, about working with the clients I work with, is that we have the skills and the tools and the team that we can actually help them get where they want to go, and it doesn't usually require an arm and a leg, you know, and everything they have. We know what to do. We know how to do it. And I've watched you make those prudent decisions, same prudent decisions as well. I love that about you.
0: Well, you know, I've suggested to clients at times that they just give me all their money and they they don't want to do that. Right. It's usually just not a good idea. Yeah. Hey, it's been great to visit with you, Andy. This is Andy Daniels, my good friend and associate. I'm Rick Durfee from Durfee Law Group. We're excited that we got to spend a little bit of time with you. Hopefully uh, this was helpful and look us up on our contact
1: information. Make sure you follow, click, subscribe, and if you want to get any more information, look for our websites.